With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing Watson X Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Trickeration, your number one destination for stories about deception in sports. Thanks again to everyone who joined the Trickeration Nation. We've got a ton of good stuff coming down the pike, including not one, but two stories involving Dustin Hoffman, as well as an exclusive with a college kid who hijacked an MLB team's Twitter account and promptly sent the team's second baseman to the minors. Today in the leadoff spot is a former Yankee bat boy who tells the story of the time his hero Don Mattingly sent him on a very specific errand during his first day on the job, and later a cautionary tale about what can happen when an NBA ball boy decides it's a good idea to punk the star player. A decade later and this beef is still not squashed. All right, enjoy the show. I sort of like went off, you know, to the side and tried to stay out of the way. If you put yourself in my shoes, this is my first day of work. And I thought if I go back in there and say this is BS and I'm wrong, that's it. You know, that's <laughs> my first day is going to be my last day. That's Matt McGough, who as a high school kid in the 80s somehow finagled the dream job of New York Yankees bat boy. It didn't take long for Matt to find himself in the crosshairs of the team's captain. Let's get into it. If you could just briefly tell me how you became a Yankee bat boy, I can't imagine that anyone just gets this job out of the blue. I grew up a big Yankees fan. Used to go up to the Bronx and watch games. This would have been 1990, 91. The Yankees weren't really too good back then. But we'd get cheap tickets and sit in the bleachers. And it was during one of those games that I noticed that there was a, a ball boy down the right field line. The one who catches foul balls, but also warms up the right fielder whenever the Yankees take the field every inning. And this kid was not a good athlete. He was sort of one-hopping the right fielder who was Jesse Barfield and throwing it over his head. And I just, it sort of like a lightning bolt, just thought, well, I don't know how this kid got that job, but I can play catch. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been good enough to 
start or maybe even make my high school baseball team. But I just thought I can play catch with this guy better than this kid. And so I went home and I wrote a bunch of letters to the team. You know, in hindsight, it was incredibly naive to think that anything would work out. But I followed up a couple of times and eventually got a a letter back asking me to come in for an interview. And it was the first job interview I ever had. So I remember talking to my dad about what questions they might ask. And I was sort of ready for like, what's your favorite subject at school? Or who do you think should be starting at second base next year? And so I walked into the clubhouse for the interview with the equipment manager, who was a guy named Nick Priori, super old school personality. When I sat down with Nick, he just said, do your parents mind you taking the train home late at night? And I said, I I don't think so. And he said, come back opening day. And uh, that's how it happened. I just love picturing you as the the high school kid just in over his head. But your first day on the job, how does it work? And what happens right off the bat? Opening day, I remember I had like a blue blazer and, and tie and had to take the day off from school, but got permission from the principal, you know, and went up to the stadium, said I'm here as the new bat boy and went down to the clubhouse and walked in and it's full of people. It's packed. I can remember it so vividly because it's such a sacred place. And, you know, to see up close all these players who I'd never seen before, except from a distance or on TV. And you know, again, you know, when I walked in that day, it felt like just sort of walking into like a, a movie or a comic book or something. So I went and found Nick Priori, you know, the guy who'd interviewed me. And I said, Nick, I said, I'm Matt. I'm the new bat boy. What do you, what do you want me to do? And he said, stay the out of my way. Nick's the boss. And so I sort of like went off, you know, to the side and tried to stay out of the way. And it was in, in that sort of moment, feeling sort of lost in the clubhouse that I felt a tap on my shoulder. And, uh, when I turned around, it was, it was Don Mattingly. He was the guy who I idolized as a player when I was a kid and who was the Yankees captain. So he stuck out his hand and he said, how's it going? I'm Don Mattingly. Are you going to be working with us this year? And I think I, I sort of managed to stammer. I, I know who you are, Mr. Mattingly. I said, I'm Matt. I'm the new bat boy. And he said, oh, great. Great to meet you. I said, listen, I, I have a job I need you to take care of. I just unpacked all of my bats from spring training. And I don't know if it was the humidity down in Florida or the, the altitude flying uh, all of our equipment back, but all my bats are coming up a little bit short and I need you to get me a bat stretcher. It was probably between nine and 10 o'clock in the morning. First pitch on opening day is 1 p.m. against the Red Sox. I think Roger Clemens was pitching for the Red Sox that day. So again, Mattingly is like the captain of the Yankees asking me to help him. And so I was like, absolutely, I'm on it. I went and found Nick and interrupted him, whatever he was doing, and, you know, said, 
hey, I need a pass rusher for Don Mattingly, and Nick just let loose. I think he'd been in the Navy. Like, it was language I'd never, never heard before. So I found his uh, his assistant and said, hey, this is the situation. I need a pass stretcher for Don Mattingly. And he said, no problem, calm down. He's like, I think I saw Danny Tartable, who was the Yankees right fielder, using one. So... And I know who Tartable is. I recognize him across the room and he's at his locker just getting dressed for the game. And I sort of go up and he sort of notices that I'm, again, it's this kid in a Easter blazer and tie standing next to his locker, sort of waiting to talk to him. And he's like, what's up? And I said, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm Matt, I'm the new bat boy. And I need a bat stretcher for, uh, for Don Mattingly. And he said, oh yeah, sure. You know, I was using it. Uh, but I, I think I left it in the manager's office. The manager was uh, was Buck Showalter. And I, when I went into his office, he was in the middle of just doing sort of an Im impromptu presser with uh, the Yankees beat writers. There were probably four or five or six guys in there standing around his desk asking him questions. But again, I was sort of standing there in the doorway and eventually everybody sort of turns and looks and I'm like, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm Matt, the new Batboy, and I, I need a bat stretcher for Don Mattingly, and Danny Tartable said that he left it in here. So Showalter sort of looks up and, you know, looks around under his desk, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I thought it was in here before, but now I don't see it. And he's like, but do you need a, a right-handed one or a left-handed one? And obviously, everybody who's a Yankees fan of that era knows Mattingly's a left-handed hitter, so I very confidently tell... Show Walter, oh, I need a left-handed bat stretcher. And he's like, well, even if I found Tartables, it's not going to help. You know, it's going to be a righty one, not a lefty one. Have you tried the Red Sox clubhouse? So I head down to the Red Sox clubhouse, find their equipment manager, and uh, explain the whole story, which is getting longer with every person I see. And he, he's like, okay, calm down. We don't have a left-handed bat stretcher, but we could use one. Here's... 20 bucks, go up to the sporting goods store on uh, 161st Street and buy two. They cost about $10. Bring one back for us and the other for Mattingly. And so, again, time is passing. It's getting closer to first pitch. By the time I, you know, got up, up to street level, fans were already sort of arriving at Yankee Stadium for the game. So I can remember sort of fighting the crowd to get to Stan Sporting Goods. And it wasn't until I was just about to walk in and the thought suddenly crossed my mind. Like, I played baseball and big baseball fan. Like, I've never even heard of a bass stretcher. And it dawned on me. Is it possible that it's a joke and it doesn't exist. But again, if you put yourself in my shoes, this was Donnie baseball. This is my first day of work. And I thought if I go back in there and say this is BS and I'm wrong, that's it. You know, that's <laughs> my first day is going to be my last day. So I really did sort of think it over and convince myself. Yeah, I think they, they were just welcoming me to the clubhouse. So I go back in 
and uh, Mattingly sort of gave me a wink when we made eye contact when I walked back in the clubhouse and, you know, we laughed about it. With a little bit of hindsight, it, it's clear to me that there was no coordination at all. It wasn't like they had a meeting and, and planned. There, there are certain jokes, um, pranks that are just sort of timeless and run through baseball. So again, that was my first day and they got me really good. But I also think it was like a pretty amazing way for, for Mattingly, who, again, just from the get-go, the way that he said, are you going to be working with us this year? And then sent me off on this fool's errand that, you know, he knew was going to lead me to different people who I'd get to know anyway. And, and again, showing that I could take a joke, you know, they say, don't, don't meet your heroes, but Mattingly lived up to <laughs> all the expectations that I had. He, he's a phenomenal guy. I was really incredibly lucky, and the more time that goes by, it still seems uh, like a miracle that it worked out the way it did. Well, um, thank you for taking a couple of minutes. It's such a delightful story, and I appreciate you telling it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Just talking about it with you sort of brings back memories. It was a funny joke and prank and story, and I bit on it, a hook, line, and sinker. The book is Bat Boy, coming of age with the New York Yankees. Thanks to Matt McGough for sharing his story. Time for a quick break. And on the other side, a wild NBA ball boy story without a happy ending. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like... Meh. Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. It was... It was it was all fun and games, but then, you know, stuff happened. Do I regret it? Yes, I do. But it was all fun and games, and then uh, just went a little bit too far. Laquan Johnson was just a kid from Denver sitting in the nosebleeds at Nuggets games wondering how he could get closer to the action. So he called up the team and asked if he could be a ball boy. And surprisingly, they said yes. A dream scenario that ended up in a nightmare. I was, I believe I was about 15, 16. I was in high school. I used to go from school straight down to the Nuggets games right after. And who's on the team at this time? Oh man, we had Chauncey on there. This is when Kenya Martin, JR, Mello, everybody was on there. Um, Andre Miller. These Denver teams were stacked with characters. Chauncey Billups, the mayor. Carmelo Anthony, the top dog. Andre Miller, the professor. Allen Iverson, the answer. J.R. Smith, the goofball. And the enforcer was Kenyon Martin. Yeah, he was tough. So what was it like for you as a kid getting to be that close? It was crazy at first. It was really crazy at first because you never thought that you would be up close to athletes. Now you're in the locker room helping them out. Laquan would do small tasks for the players. Grab them Gatorade, water, ice bags if they need it. You know, go grab them some food or some wings. So when they go straight to the airport, they at least have something to eat on. Over multiple seasons with the team, his relationship with the players evolved. When I started getting older, then I just started seeing them just as friends, not just like ooh and ah and over. You know, we we built a relationship far as you know, hanging out and, you know, going to, you know, little barbecues and dinners. So it became like a big family. One of the players Laquan became friendly with was Nuggets shooting guard J.R. Smith. Away from the team, they did normal friend things. Ride bicycles to practice. We used to try to go golfing, but I'm a horrible golfer. Um, Video games. So one day, J.R. asked Laquan to come work for him as his personal assistant. It was a shocker when I got asked to do it. at that time, when you get asked by a celebrity to work with somebody, you don't take the opportunity as much as you can. So I took it and uh, I ran with it as long as I could, and it felt great. In his new role, Laquan's main job was to drive JR to games and practices. You know, he practiced 24-7. It could be 10 o'clock at night, he want to go shoot. 6 o'clock in the morning, he want to go shoot. But he put in a lot of time in shooting, and that's where it just come from, you know. It's just natural. I mean, he don't even try to make a half-court shot. He just throw it up there and just goes. 
we always used to play. Uh, I mean, I always used to shoot half court shots and see who can make the most. Like, like if Jr. shoots ten half court shots, how many is he making on average? On a good night, he'll probably make a good six. April one, twenty ten. This prank gone wrong started harmlessly enough between Kenyon Martin and Jr. and Laquan. He was joking around with us first. And then we were trying to figure a way out to get him back. So after shoot-around that day, JR and Laquan are in the car. We was driving home, and next thing you know, we started thinking about ideas. They decide to get Martin back with the old popcorn in the sunroof prank. We were like, yeah, that sounds good. And I got to say, of all the people in the world to prank, doesn't <laughs> Kenyon Martin seem like the worst guy on the planet to prank? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now I know. The plan. During that night's game against the Blazers, Laquan would sneak into the locker room, grab Kmart's keys to his Range Rover, and fill it with popcorn. A ubiquitous NBA prank usually pulled on bottom-of-the-barrel rookies by established veterans. This was not that. This was a 6-foot-10-inch former All-Star getting punked by his teammate's 5-foot-nothing assistant. Oh, man. I don't even think I weighed 100 pounds. I was probably a good 5'5 at the time. I was nervous when I when we was driving there. I'm like, I really don't want to do this. Really don't want to do this. But it was too late. The wheels were already in motion. So I got the popcorn from the arena. And so you tell the popcorn guy, hey, I need a trash bag full of popcorn. Or how, how do you even make that request? Well, I made a phone call and somebody helped me out. And when we got there, there was two big trash can full of popcorn. <laughs> it wasn't buttered popcorn. It was just regular popcorn that you eat from the arena. Laquan enters the Nuggets empty locker room. And uh, got his keys to his vehicle and opened up the sunroof. And I dumped it in his Range Rover. Where are you when when Kenyon finds out about what's happened. I was actually in the parking lot because I wanted to see the reaction. I was sitting in a vehicle in the driver's seat with the windows cracked just a little bit. And he opened up the door and popcorn just went falling out everywhere, all over the parking lot. And are you laughing or what do you see him do? You know, a big fellow like that ain't going to hold it in. So you heard him screaming and stuff and getting mad. I was laughing for a minute till I seen his attitude and I was like, I'm about to hear about this one. And so you think, all right, I should go in and deal with this or I should be as far away from him as possible until he settles down. It was kind of a both reaction. I wanted to go in and be like, dude, it was just a joke. I apologize. I clean it up. I'll take it straight to the car wash tomorrow, get it detailed. And then half of me was like, nah, let's just leave it alone and stay in here for for your sake. Audio of Martin's ensuing locker room tirade was captured by a team reporter and later obtained by TMZ. Here's a recreation based on the transcription. I swear to God, when I find out who did it, I'm going to put my motherfucking hands on one of y'all. Whoever has access to the motherfucking locker room took my keys. My keys were right here by my phone during the game. Right here. Who fucking did it? We're going to go ask some motherfuckers right now because, I swear to you, I'm going to put my hands on whoever did it. 
You can best believe that. This shit's fucking personal. There are conflicting reports about whether Kmart took off his shirt, but everyone agrees this was not a good scene. There's a lot of chaos and, you know, people running around, making sure that he calmed down. What is JR doing during all of this? He tried to talk to him to calm him down and everything else, but yeah, there was no calming down. There was no calming down. Team officials all the way up the chain had to get involved. It got so bad that Martin threatened to not suit up for the playoffs unless the culprit was determined. And Laquan's response? I stayed away for a while and that was it. Weeks later, Laquan tried to apologize to Martin, but Kenyon wasn't hearing it. You know, he was like, man, we, I, you really messed up on that one. I was like, yeah, I know you mad and everything else, but, you know, at least I'd man up and say I apologize about it. He listened for a minute, and next thing you know, I just we ended the conversation. That was it. Martin never forgave Laquan. I have like a sort of a personal question. Were you sort of bummed out that this thing had sort of had such a big effect and kind of screwed with your life a little? Yes. Because, you know, you've been around these people for years, and that one thing messed up a whole years of friendship. Sometimes I think about it, not to bring back bad memories, but I sometimes I'll I'll YouTube it. At that time, I was, you know, a little bit young, you know, like they say, young and dumb sometimes. Now, me being older and more mature and an adult, now I do feel bad. Laquan still thinks about it occasionally, and he's hoping for an opportunity to apologize. So, you know, like I said, I may see him on the street one day in the near future. I know he probably won't say nothing to me, and if I see him on the street, I'll still say I'm sorry and I apologize. And 10? None. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from my lesson. I learned from my lesson. It's crazy because I always think April Fools, and I'm like, you crazy, dude. <laughs> but, you know, what's done is done. All right, that is it for Trickeration today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. A reminder to please rate and review the show if you are liking it. It's really quick and easy to do. And if you don't like it, no need to rate and review. It's actually sort of a complicated process. And don't forget, please join the Trickeration Nation on Twitter and Instagram at Trickeration. And as always, for the final word, we go to Chris Mad Dog Russo. Mad Dog, how'd we do today? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. All right, thanks, Mad Dog. See you next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports. Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel, now through June 9th. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.